Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that gives a quick look at something that happened a long time ago today. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're talking about the origin of the teddy bear, including the gruesome presidential hunting trip that gave the bear its cuddly name. The day was February 15th, 1903. A Brooklyn candy store advertised the world's first teddy bear. The original stuffed toy bear was placed in a display window next to a sign identifying it as Teddy's Bear. Both the toy and its name were the invention of Ruth and Morris Mishtom, a Russian-Jewish couple who had immigrated to the United States and opened a penny candy store. Stuffed animals, a.k.a. plush or stuffies, were still a fairly new kind of toy in the early 1900s. Homemade soft toys like rag dolls had existed long before then, but for the most part, they hadn't been available commercially. By the 20th century, though, advances in upholstery making made it possible to mass-produce soft toys and to give them greater flexibility and more lifelike details than ever before. The German Steiff company is generally credited with having created the first stuffed toys in the late 19th century. Its first such product was a stuffed felt elephant, which was sold as a pincushion. Other animal-themed toys quickly followed, including dogs, cats, and pigs. Then, in 1903, around the same time as the Mischtoms, Steiff began making their own stuffed bears. However, those weren't sold outside of Europe, and they weren't technically teddies. That's because the name Teddy Bear is actually a reference to U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt, whose public nickname, much to his chagrin, was Teddy. The name was later applied to stuffed bears all over the world, at which point the word Teddy ceased to be capitalized. 
Roosevelt's association with bears can be traced back to a fateful hunting trip he took in 1902. The president had traveled to Mississippi that fall to help settle a border dispute between that state and Louisiana. While in town, Roosevelt, an avid hunter, decided to go on a bear hunting excursion with some colleagues and a local guide named Holt Collier. At some point in the trip, a pair of hunting dogs cornered and attacked an old black bear. After a bloody fight, Collier knocked the bear unconscious with the butt of his rifle and tied it to a tree. Roosevelt was later encouraged to shoot the helpless bear, but after surveying the scene, he refused. He reportedly told the guide, quote, I've hunted game all over America, and I'm proud to be a hunter, but I couldn't be proud of myself if I shot an old, tired, worn-out bear that was tied to a tree. The president's act of mercy became national news, and papers like the Washington Post were quick to praise his refusal to make a, quote, unsportsmanlike shot. It's worth noting, though, that Collier did kill the bear that day using his hunting knife. So while the incident gave Roosevelt a PR boost, it didn't benefit the bear at all. And that's a pretty self-serving form of mercy, if you ask me. Not everyone gave Roosevelt credit for not taking the shot, though. Some of his opponents interpreted his refusal as proof of a soft, indecisive nature. By and large, though, people accepted the narrative of Roosevelt, the kindly hunter. On November 16, 1902, the Post ran a comic strip along those lines. It was the work of Clifford Berryman, a famous Pulitzer Prize-winning political cartoonist. His comic depicted an aloof Teddy Roosevelt refusing to shoot a frightened bear, which the artist represented as a cute little cub. The strip was titled Drawing the Line in Mississippi, a reference both to Roosevelt's involvement in the boundary dispute and to the ethical line he refused to cross as a hunter. Berryman's cartoon was syndicated in papers throughout the country, forming an indelible link between Teddy Roosevelt and small, adorable bears. Rose and Morris Mishtom liked the cartoon so much, they decided to make a stuffed toy representing the bear that Teddy had saved. Ruth sewed the bear herself, using plush velvet for the fur and a pair of shoe buttons for the eyes. The Mishtoms put their first Teddy's bear in their candy store window on February 15th, and customers instantly got the joke. At first, the couple didn't intend to make any more bears. After all, they were candy sellers, first and foremost. However, so many people asked if they could buy the bear that the Mishtoms eventually gave in. They didn't want to offend the president, though, so before making their next batch of bears, Morris wrote a letter to Roosevelt asking his permission to use the name Teddy. He also sent along the original bear as a gift for Roosevelt's children. According to family lore, the president gave the Mishtoms his approval, but wasn't convinced the name would actually help them with sales. He was wrong. Teddy's Bear, also known as Teddy Bears or Roosevelt Bears, were an immediate hit with kids and adults alike. Other toy manufacturers rushed their own stuffed bears to market, and the resulting craze spawned books, songs, and even a stop-motion film devoted to teddy bears. In 1907, the Mishtoms doubled down on their creation, they set aside their candy business and established the Ideal Toy Company, a venture that later became the largest doll maker in the U.S. before the rise of Mattel. 
Speaking of dolls, the teddy bear became so popular that some people worried it might eclipse traditional baby dolls. In 1908, a Michigan minister warned that toy bears were a threat to the maternal instincts of little girls. Despite the fact that plenty of kids were dressing up and caring for their teddy bears as if they were regular dolls. As you might expect, the complaint never gained much traction, and teddy bears have since gone on to become the most popular plush toy in history. Some of the original teddy bears still exist today, including one made by the Mishtomes that's on display at the Smithsonian Institution. In 1963, the then-president of the Ideal Toy Company decided to donate the historic toy in celebration of the teddy bear's 60th birthday. But before he did, he wanted Teddy Roosevelt's great-grandchildren, Mark and Anne, to pose with the bear for a publicity photo. The only problem was that by the time the photo shoot was over, the kids had grown fond of the bear and refused to give it up. They eventually changed their minds, either for the sake of posterity or maybe just because they'd lost interest. Either way, their loss was the public's gain, though the handover to the Smithsonian was still a bittersweet moment. That's because it was likely the last time an original teddy bear was ever handled by an actual child. Ever since, the toy spent most of its time behind glass, touched only by meticulous adults. For a generation raised on Toy Story, that seems like a fate worse than death. But it's also a reminder that a toy is never just a toy. It's also a companion, a symbol, a work of art, a cultural relic, and in the case of the teddy bear, a childhood institution. So while playtime may be over for the original teddy bear, its descendants will go on picnicking for as long as there are kids. And maybe even longer. Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about teddy bear history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.